good to have all of you here on Resurrection Sunday. And Wednesday night, I'm going to begin a series on the book of Revelation. We're going to go through the book of Revelation Wednesday night starting at 7 o'clock. I know there's a lot of curiosity about that book in light of what's going on in our world today. And so we're going to see what God says, not what the prognosticators say, not what the media says, what God says. Amen? I think I'll preach on the resurrection. I think that's what I'll do. But I'm going to add a little different angle to it today because I'm going to tell you what it means for you and for me that Jesus got up from the dead beyond our salvation. I'm going to talk to you. As a matter of fact, I'm calling this today, we too shall rise. Now let me read 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4. I passed on to you right from the first what had been told to me that Christ died for our sins just as the scriptures said he would, and that he was buried and that three days afterwards he arose from the grave just as the prophets foretold. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Make the resurrection so real. And not only that, but what is coming for all of us because Jesus rose from the dead. In his name we pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he is risen. Amen. He is risen indeed. Amen. What a beautiful sight to see all of you here today. Well, today all over the world, as you know, Christians are celebrating the single greatest event in the history of the world, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That is the single greatest event in the history of the world. The the resurrection is the hinge upon which Christianity swings. Uh, The resurrection of Jesus is the cornerstone of our faith. No resurrection, no faith. The, The empty tomb, and it's empty, is the irrefutable proof of Christ's deity that he was God come in flesh. It's the proof. He got up from the dead. It's the proof that he's not just any standard run-of-the-mill religious leader or spokesperson. Jesus stands far above all others in his own stratosphere, in his own category. Jesus got up from the dead. Buddha didn't. Muhammad didn't. No Eastern religious God did, but Jesus did, and that's the claim of Christianity. That's what the apostles, if you follow them through the book of Acts, that was their message. That's why they were arrested, because they preached the resurrection from the dead. All of Jesus' claims were validated when he got up from the dead. He had already said, I'm the prophesied Messiah. I am that I am, equating himself with God. And all of that was validated or not if he gets up from the dead or he doesn't. But the good news is he did. And it validated all of his words, all of his teachings, all of his actions were validated. The Bible testifies that not just the Old Testament prophets, but Jesus himself predicted his own resurrection. And when you read what he said, you got to say to yourself, he was either tremendously 
tragically deceived and mentally ill, or he was who he said he was. There's no in-between because normal people don't go around saying, kill me and I'm going to get up from the dead. That's not normal. And either you're off upstairs or you are who you said. As his arrest and his crucifixion drew near, the Bible records, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and then he said, and on the third day, be raised. From his own mouth, he said it. He doesn't just simply predict his resurrection in, this, in those verses, but he describes when, where, and how it would all happen. He knew exactly what was going down before it ever happened. He knew it. Mark records Jesus saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. All the religious leaders and teachers of the day rejected Christ. And Jesus said, they will kill him and after three days, rise again. He said that. And again, following his transfiguration on the mountaintop, when Peter, James, and John were up there with him and he was transformed before them and his face shone like the sun. The Bible says, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. There he goes again, over and over again. I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to rise from the dead. Others didn't say it just about him. He said it about himself. He was even known by his enemies as the one that claimed that he would rise from the dead. It says after his crucifixion, his enemies went to Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days, I will rise. Even his enemies knew it. That's what he was known for. And so they asked that they, they put a, a bunch of Roman guards around the sealed tomb to keep him in. But as they say, you can't keep a good man down. Now, why does this matter so much, the resurrection? Why Resurrection Sunday? Why Easter? Why is this such a big deal? Why are we making such a big deal out of it? Because without the resurrection of Jesus, there would be no Christian faith. We wouldn't be here. We'd be off in our sins. There'd be no hope of eternal life if Jesus didn't get up from the dead. The Apostle Paul lists the, the, the reasons why it's crucial he says, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ must still be dead. And if he is still dead, then all of our preaching is useless, and your trust in God is empty, worthless, hopeless. Useless preaching, useless faith, if he's not risen. And we apostles are all liars, because we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. That was the message of the 12. Everywhere they went, they preach Christ crucified, but also risen. That was their message. They didn't stop with the cross. They, they moved along right to the empty tomb. And you are very foolish, Paul goes on to argue. You are very foolish to keep on trusting God to save you, for you are still under condemnation for your sins. If Christ is not risen from the dead, if he's not risen, you're still under condemnation. You're still in your sins. You're still going to hell. 
if he's not risen. But then in verse 20, Paul says triumphantly, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. In fact, he's been raised from the dead. Now, I want you to pay close attention to the verse that I just quoted because there's two parts to it. And I'm going to read the second part now. Uh, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. second part says, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, meaning died. Now, catch that. First fruits. First fruits was an agrarian term used by farmers to to mean uh, the earliest crop of the year, uh, the first of much more to come. Paul calls Jesus' resurrection the first fruits of much more to come. He's the first fruits. The Living Bible puts it like this, but the fact is Christ did actually rise from the dead and has become the first of millions who will come back to life again someday. Did you catch that? See, you can't get near Christianity without getting near resurrection and the defeat of death. The last great enemy to be destroyed, the Bible says, is death. Oh, death, where is your stinger? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Because he got up from the dead, the message of the Bible is those that place their faith in him will also be resurrected in mass. That's what it says. Now, we hear a lot about Jesus dying on the cross to forgive you for your sins, and it's all true. And I want you to know there's only one way to get rid of sin, and that's by coming to Christ and letting his blood cover your sins and wash your sins away. But one of the bedrock promises that that also comes with the gospel of Jesus Christ is that those that place faith in him will one day, too, be resurrected just like him. That's one of the promises. As a matter of fact, that's called the blessed hope. Jesus' first fruits resurrection guarantees the resurrection of all believers. I want you to listen to the Bible. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep, that means have died with faith in Christ, will God bring with him. One follows another. Another version puts it this way. Christ has been raised from the dead. He was the first one to be raised from the dead. And all those who are in graves will follow. That's why when I perform a Christian funeral, I tell the people that are there, yes, it hurts. Yes, we're heartbroken. Yes, we miss them. But this is not a permanent goodbye. This is a temporary goodbye. Because the Bible says that, that those that are in the grave will follow. Follow who? The first fruit. Who's that? Jesus Christ. The message of the gospel is not just he came to die to save our souls, but also that our bodies will be resurrected at the return of Christ. Our bodies will be resurrected. Now, this belief in a mass resurrection runs all throughout the Bible. In both the Old and New Testaments, a mass resurrection are predicted by the prophets, the same prophets that predicted the arrival of Christ Jesus in a little town called Bethlehem. Those prophets also predicted mass resurrection. Daniel wrote, And many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake to everlasting life. Many that sleep, that's the Bible's word for saying, have died in faith. 
they will rise from the dead. Job testified, after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. Well, wait a minute, Job, your body decayed. So he must be talking about another body, a glorified body, a resurrected body that will see God. The prophet Isaiah proclaims, your dead will live. Did you catch that? Your dead will live. Their corpses will rise. You who lie in the dust, awake and shout for joy. And jumping into the New Testament, we find Jesus Christ everywhere he went. He never preached a good funeral because he got them up from the dead. When Jesus went around, listen, he raised people from the dead. They died twice. They died once, he raised them from the dead. One day they died again. He's the only one that ever came and was raised from the dead that never died again. Uh, Look at this. He raised the widow's son out of a casket in the village of Nain. He sees the poor widow weeping. Her only son, she's already lost her husband, and her only son has now died, and he's in a casket, and the funeral procession is going by. And Jesus walked up and stopped the procession and looked into that casket and touched the, the dead boy, and he got up from the dead. And he presented him to his heartbroken mother, who now was rejoicing. Because Jesus couldn't preach a typical funeral. He got you up. He he raised the 12-year-old daughter of Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. He raised Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha in Bethany after he had been dead four days. He called him out of the grave to show that that's what he will do in mass one day. He spoke to a dead man. Dead four days, already embalmed, wrapped in grave clothes, shut away in a tomb, a rock sealing the tomb. After four days, decay had set in, but Jesus spoke to him, Lazarus, come out. And he that was dead got up and walked out in front of everybody in his grave clothes. Why did he do that? To show us that he could. And to show us what he's going to do in mass someday. He told Mary and Martha at the tomb of their brother Lazarus. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now watch this everybody. Anybody who believes in me will live even after dying. In fact, nobody in the Bible promised the resurrection of believers from the dead more than Jesus himself. Because he is the resurrection. He didn't just raise people from the dead. He raised them from the dead because he is the walking, talking resurrection himself. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Who will hear his voice? The dead. The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Now, let me just take four words out of that verse. The dead will live. Jesus said that. The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, just like Lazarus did. Lazarus coming out of the grave was a dress rehearsal for the return of Christ, where he will call the dead who died in faith in him out of the grave. For my Father's will, John 6, 40, my Father's will is that everybody who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day.
Now, I know what you're thinking. I probably got a few skeptics in here. You're here because it's Easter, and I understand that. But you may never hear this again. I want you to listen carefully. People say, but how can somebody's body, who's been dead for years, maybe even centuries, come out of the grave? They're dust. How can they come out? What about the cremated? What about them? They're dust. They're ashes. How will that happen? I'm glad you asked. The Bible answers it. You ready? Philippians 3.21, using the same power with which he will bring everything else under his control, he will take our weak mortal bodies and not only transform them, but completely refashion them so that they will be like his glorious resurrected body. That's what it said. The greatest interpreter of the Bible is the Bible. And when Jesus says, I'm going to raise the dead, then God made sure we understood that how's it going to happen? Using the same power with which he's going to bring everything else under his kingly rulership. Because the increase of his government, there will be no end. Jesus is going to be king of kings, lord of lords, ruler of the world forever and forever. The, the, the increase of his kingdom will never end. And the same power that will be exercised to bring that about is the power with which he will call people up. Out of the grave. Resurrection power. The power of his word. The power of his spoken word. Those that are dead have died in him will hear his voice. Like Lazarus did. And come out. He's the first fruit. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus today. Hallelujah. But a part of the promise is, because he got up, we're getting up. Because he came out of the grave, we're coming out of the grave. Because he went up into heaven, we're going up into heaven. He was the pattern for every believer to come. The Bible predicts that there's going to be a mass resurrection of millions of people from all over the world out of every time zone, nation, state, city, and town, and hamlet. There's going to be a mass resurrection. Christ will return according to his own words like a thief in the night. Unexpectedly, quickly, suddenly. Jesus said, I'm going to return. And when he does, there's going to be a mass resurrection all over the world. In every time zone. Graveyards are going to be emptied out. See, I don't know about that, Jeff. But I didn't say it. He said it. Now, if you want to contest Jesus, be my guest. I don't. Jesus said it. The one that multiplied the fishes and loaves, the one that walked on water, the one that talked like no man ever spoke, the one, the one that opened blind eyes and deaf ears and raised dead people, that one, he said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Christ is going to return like a thief in the night. Any time. Nothing in Bible prophecy needs to happen before that happens. Nothing. Paul says, but listen, I tell you this secret. We will not all die, but we will all be changed. It will only take the time of a second. We will be changed as quickly as an eye blinks. 
this will happen when the last trumpet blows. Now, in Bible times, the trumpet was used to summon an assembly or to sound a warning. The last trumpet is the one that not only precedes a mass resurrection of believers, but the trumpet that concludes a series of trumpet blasts of warnings to the nations. Paul says not just any trumpet, but the last one. It's the last one. It will blow. And what happens after that will be a warning, a final warning to the nations. The Bible continues in verse 53, the trumpet will blow and those who have died will be raised to live forever and we will all be changed. God's going to give you a body that working out all year long could never give you a resurrected body. Yeah, a resurrected body. Say, what will it be like? It'll be like Jesus was because that's what it just said. We will be given, raised to live forever, and we will all be changed. We'll be changed. We'll have a resurrected body. Can't get sick anymore. Can't hurt anymore. Can't be depressed anymore. Can't grieve anymore. Can't have arthritis anymore. No more cancer. No more COVID. No more heart disease. A resurrected body. Curves can't give you this one. Mm-mm. Jesus walked through a door without opening it and then ate fish. He suddenly appeared. He thought and he was there. A body no more encumbered by flesh, no more encumbered by all of the... Most of us got up today and we hurt somewhere. Come on. We hurt somewhere, and you get to the age where if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't work. Come on. But, but, but that's going to be gone when Jesus raises us from the dead. All that are in the grave will hear his voice and will come out with a resurrected body. Now, to whom are these promises made? Who is this addressing? Who's the target audience for this promise? Let me read it to you. Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers. To who? The believers. Who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. So this isn't talking about everybody who has died. It's talking about the believers. There will be, it will be a a separation. One will be taken, one left. Two will be asleep in bed, one taken, one left. I read this this morning in my devotional. Two will be working in the field, one taken, one left. Two will be grinding at the mill, one taken and one left. It will be a discriminating thing, a, a separation. 
Who is, who is this promise of resurrection for? We tell you this directly from the Lord. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet. There it is again, the trumpet call of God. First, the believers, who? Who have died will rise from their graves. I just read that out of the Bible. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remaining on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Yeah. So, so he's going to come again and resurrect who? Those that believe on him and have placed their faith in him. I want to close with this one verse. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him. That, just doesn't, that doesn't just mean, oh, I believe he was somewhere in history. I, I believe that. No, believes in who he said he was. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by way of me. I'm the way to the Father. I'm the truth about the Father. I'm the life of the Father. And when you place your faith in him and say, Jesus, forgive me. I've messed up. I've sinned. I've broken your laws. I know that. But I'm asking you to forgive me. And when you do that, you're forgiven. You become occupied by the Holy Spirit, adopted by God on the spot into the family of God. And when he comes again, you're a candidate for going up. You're going to be resurrected. Amen. This is part and parcel of the gospel. So I want us to stand together, could we? We wait with anticipation for his imminent return and the resurrection of literally millions of people from the grave. But let me ask you a question today. You're here in church maybe for the first time in a long time. That's okay. I wasn't even raised in the church. But listen carefully to me. God knows you. God knows. He, he even has numbered the hairs on your head. Uh, he knows you. And he's knocking on the door of your heart. And you don't want to be not resurrected to life eternal. Have you ever considered the claims of Christ? Have you ever really thought it through? Because he's like nobody in history. Have you thought through what he said? Have you ever, let me put it this way, what have you done with, with Jesus? Have you put him aside? Well, someday, someday I, I may go that direction but right now I got things to do bills to pay kids to raise places to go have you done that I understand I'm not here to point a finger at you but you may never have another chance like this one to give your heart to Christ what about have you have you drifted from him you used to be in church all the time you were full of zeal and red hot spiritual fire 
you witnessed, you served, but maybe even COVID got you out there and you drifted. And now you're not where you used to be. I want to give you the, the opportunity to say, Lord, I'm ready to get back in the saddle. I'm ready to get back into the game. I want to get on the field and help carry the ball. I, I want to be involved. I don't want to be on the bleachers anymore. So I'm going to ask us to bow for a moment of prayer. Can we do that? You can say, Jeff, I don't know that I know him, but I want to be sure that I know him. I, 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 I think I need Jesus in my heart. And I want to take this opportunity to pray with you and ask him to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins and give me a brand new start, a brand new life. I'm tired of going the way I've been going. I want a new life. You can say, Jeff, that's me. I need to come to him. I want you to, I'm not going to call you down. I just want you to lift your hands right where you are. Say, that's me. I need Jesus. I need Jesus today. Yes, back there. God bless you. And over here, yes. God bless you and you. God bless you. Now I'm going to lead you in a, in a simple prayer right now. Listen carefully. Forget about everybody around you. And just pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose from the dead. Jesus, forgive me of all my sin and come into my heart as my Savior this moment I turn to you and I look to you and I place my faith in you in Jesus name now I want to pray for those that may have drifted and need to come back in to 100% sold out to Jesus and getting into God's will afresh and anew for you. You can say, Jeff, that's me. I need to pray. I want you to lift your hand. I need to get back. I need to get back where I used to be. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you way back there. Hands everywhere. Yes, God bless you. Pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me my drifting. And I ask you, Lord, draw me back. Draw me back to the place where I once served you. Lord, I step into the epicenter of God's will for myself this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, everybody that prayed with me, look, look up at me. As soon as we're done, I'm going to dismiss in about one or two minutes. I want you to come down and say, I prayed with you, and I want to give you something to take home with you, Okay. And, I, and I'd love to, I want to meet you. And I want to rejoice with you that you prayed. Because you need to tell somebody, I got right with Jesus. Amen. Can we thank the Lord today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, how many of you are excited that Jesus is coming back? Oh, yeah, he's coming back. Yes. Yes, he is. And say with me, that's the blessed hope. Oh, yeah. Don't ever let that slip away from you. Don't ever let some nutty preacher take you away from that. No, no, no. We are always looking for the return of Christ. Amen. He could come any day. He could come before I'm done. That's one of my dreams, that I'm going to be doing this, and all of a sudden I'm going to be looking at him. And Jesus said, well, 
Amen.